And I, I can't tell you this again, man. Like I've read about you and, and what you've done with your life. Uh, I, it, it's it's unbelievable to me. Like I, I said, I, I never had real struggle. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been in a good place my whole life, and again, I'm very fortunate for that. But people like you really inspire me. Um, <clears throat> you know, I should have said this on the podcast, but it, it's like people yeah. like you, the military, like I'm blessed. You motivate me to get up each day. Yeah, I, I mean it, man. I mean it because like as as much if you want me to if you want me to record this for you, I'll do it. <laughs> or I'll write it or something. <laughs> I want you to know that because like I'm fortunate it's it becomes really easy to get up in the morning when I think about what you've gone through or what other people have gone through. I have no excuse not to give my all to everybody else. Welcome to the Daily Grind podcast everybody. I'm your host Colin Morgan. Listen, are you tired of not living a fulfilling life? Do you believe you deserve more? Do you want more? Is it finally your time? If yes, then stick around. I welcome you to The Daily Grind. I'm ready to play now. Put me in the game now. I came here to prove it. I'm ready to do it. I can't be afraid now. Put me on the stage now. I'm ready to rage now. An animal stuck in a cage and I'm ready to break out So what are you afraid of? Those feelings are made of Get in the game, your moment of fame Show them what you made of It's time that we stand up It's time that we man up For anyone asking who is the best We put in our hands up My time, my time None of you people can tell me to stop This time, like the last time You better get ready to race to the top I'm ready to do this Show you what the truth is I step on the field, it's time to get Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Now, I'm super excited to talk to you about this company. HelloFresh is the number one delivery meal kit service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients, so all you have to do is just cook, eat, and enjoy. It's honestly that simple. So I got to tell you, ordering from a meal delivery kit like this, I was skeptical because you know I like to cook. I cook all the time, and I was just skeptical that the ingredients and the recipes that I were going to get weren't going to be as good as I would want them to be, and I was completely wrong. So we ordered three recipes from their vegetarian kit. As you know, I've been eating vegetarian with my girlfriend for a very long time, and the recipes we tried were a falafel fatouche salad a sweet potato curry, and a veggie chili. Now, these blew my mind. First of all, how convenient and easy it was to actually put together the meals. Um, The best part was there's no waste, so they give you predetermined amounts. So you know when you go to the grocery store and you're looking for, say, celery, and you have to get that whole stack of celery and it ends up just being in your fridge and going bad? You don't get this with HelloFresh, so it saves so much food from going bad out of your fridge. The next part was is 
just how great it was to have some new fresh recipes because I seem to always get stuck in the rut and I'm sure a lot of you too, you kind of eat the same thing every week. You know, you fall into this rut of having the exact same ingredients and I absolutely love to cook. Cooking is one of the things that, you know, I find a real passion in doing. It gives me a place to kind of decompress, put on some music, have a glass of wine, cook. I really, really enjoy it. But during weekdays, oftentimes I'm really busy as an entrepreneur and we don't feel like cooking after the long day of work or we look in our fridge and we're missing ingredients and we don't want to go to the grocery store. So oh, what do we end up doing? We end up ordering a pizza instead. This just makes it super, super convenient to get ready, fresh meals sent to you. Whether you're a vegetarian like me, there's different, there's a pronto plan, there's family plan. There's honestly something for everyone to love. It's it's really easy to put together. You get really fresh meals. I absolutely love it. Can't stress this enough of how amazing this company is. So if you're busy, you hate cooking, or you hate going to the grocery store, tell you right now, go to hellofresh.ca forward slash grind right now. You'll be so glad you did. Again, that is hellofresh.ca forward slash grind and enter grind you're going to get 50 percent off your first box of hellofresh 50 percent off this is an amazing deal again everyone that is hellofresh.ca forward slash grind enter grind to get your 50 percent off for your first order eat healthy feel good perform better keep grinding everyone let's jump into today's episode Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Episode 442 here of The Daily Grind. Today's episode features Mr. Lee Elias. Now, Lee has been coaching ice hockey at the collegiate and professional level since he was 22 years old. His diverse experience includes working with the NHL, NBC, Hearst Media, A&E, and Madison Square Garden, among others. Lee is the founder of Game 7 Group, an organization that works with leaders to win using the spirit of spirit and culture of professional sports organization. He is the co-owner also and founder of Sports Achievements and Hockey Wraparound North America, both companies that work to make hockey more enjoyable and accessible to the world. Listen, there are big takeaways from this episode. Lee talks about in this episode the three things that make up a championship winning team, whether you're in business, in sports, starting a business, this is so important to have that winning culture from the very start. So as always, everyone, be sure you have a pen, be sure you have a piece of paper, sit back and really dive deep in today's episode with Mr. Lee Elias. Enjoy. Well, Lee Elias, welcome to the Daily Grind, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I love your show. I love being on here. I love the the power of everything that you do, and it's a real opportunity to be able to speak to you and everyone listening, and thanks for having me. Well, I appreciate it. We're all super excited. Um, just to get started here, Lee, for people kind of being first introduced to, to who you are today, if you wouldn't mind just kind of briefly talking a little bit more about who Lee is and what it is that you do. Yeah, absolutely. You want you want the, the two-minute version or the 35-minute version? Let's go two today. <laughs> yeah, it's a two-minute drill. I like the two-minute version because it could go for a while. So long story short, as they say, 
uh, born and raised in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, spent 18 wonderful years here uh, before going to college up in northern New Jersey, went to Montclair State University overlooking Manhattan, went there for broadcasting, also met my lovely wife there. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, spent about a decade working in New York City after college in various places. I worked for the National Hockey League. I worked for the New York Rangers, uh, briefly worked in uh, in the broadcast journalism space. Um, and then uh, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, uh, went to the United States Air Force because she wanted to become a physician. And the United States Air Force sent us to the greatest hockey place in the world, the Panhandle of Florida, which I also <laughs> referred to as hockey hell for the three years that I was there. Uh, but ended up being a blessing in disguise. I went to grad school there at Drexel University Sports Management. Uh, you know, I helped out with local hockey teams. I really had the time down there to kind of start thinking about what I want to do with my life. Um, and then, then the Air Force called again after three years of residency, and they said, hey, you're going to go to the United Kingdom. So wow. we went and flew over to England. Uh, and I'm not going to lie to you. It was three of the, the greatest years of my life. Uh, my first born was made there, Logan, my son. Um, I ended up working for a professional hockey team over there. Professional hockey in England, actually a lot larger than people realize. Uh, it's a very high level. Um, it is like like promoted by the NHL as one of the highest levels. So I uh, won a championship over there. Again, had a kid, wrote my first book, um, really dove into coaching and being a team builder um, and also building audiences for businesses. I created businesses when I was over there. And then when our three years were up, the Air Force says, hey, you're going to go to Delaware. So we fly to Delaware. We stayed there for a year. I was able to kind of, you know, get my grip into the United States and build my businesses more there. Before uh, our final stop, we got out of the Air Force. My wife, and this is what's funny, talking about full circle, my wife got a job at Drexel University as the medical director of the student health clinic there. Wow. And I ended up living back where I grew up. <laughs> coming full circle. I live in the same town I did when I grew up, which was not planned. I had never intended on moving back here. Uh, we had our second child. So now I live here with my wife, my son, Logan, my daughter, Alina, my dog, Chewy and Luna, happily together. I'm a very blessed person. That is the two minute drill. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, man. So obviously you grew up a big hockey guy. Uh, yeah, you, it, it would be fair to say that hockey is a big part of my life uh, outside my family which is the most important thing in the world to me i always like yeah. to establish that hockey has been the biggest driving force of my life did you play or is it more so you I just did you, you did okay yeah so i grew up playing i still play um yeah. so it that's an interesting story story too so i started really late i was 12 years old um when they found out i could skate uh and i could skate really well i never was taught uh, it, it was like a gift right yeah so throughout my youth, I actually moved up a different level every single year I played all the way to college. So I, I ended up playing for the Philadelphia Little Flyers, and then I went to a, a Division II school for college. Uh, I had a very short minor league prospect career. Um, I got to skate with the New Jersey Devils for a little bit. Um, so again, been very blessed in the game, uh, having been able to even have the opportunity to play at a high level. Um, and then, you know, and, and this is one of the things I actually want to talk to you about. What's amazing is when my career was ending, and I know this is something – uh, kind of you've dealt with too, you know, a career is just kind of abruptly ending. Yeah. Um, I was able to kind of open my palate, if you were a little bit and realize that there's a lot other ways to be involved in sports and business and in other factors while using my same drive for the game, but in different ways. And when I realized that my world really opened up. So talk to me a little bit about that. Like your playing career ends, obviously that's difficult for anybody, right? Like that, that's your passion. Painful. How did you yeah, start to, you know, during those moments, how long did it take you to realize like, wow, I could get into coaching. I could still be around the game. 
Well, it, it's a two-part story. It's really funny. So I actually ended up coaching very young. So what happened was my college team ended up uh, needing a coach when I was about 22, 23 years old. All right. So at that age, I again, I had been playing a little bit of minor league hockey, and I kind of started to realize, like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go much further than this. Uh, I was very, I guess, it again, I was very grateful for as far as I went, but I realized like it's it's not going to work. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be able to go much further than this. Yeah. Um. So I volunteered to coach this team, right? And I became the youngest head coach, I think, in the history of college hockey at this point. And I loved it. I mean, I loved it. It was one of those things, man, I just kind of knew what I wanted to do. Now, I made a lot of mistakes as a young coach. Most young coaches do. Um, it's funny because today I coach coaches. But, <laughs> you know, I made a lot of mistakes, but I, I, I was so passionate about it. And that's the first half. That's when I started realizing, like, I, I can stay in hockey as a coach. I can do this, right? Um, and then, as I said before, when we ended up going to Florida and I just kind of did not have the ability to work in hockey, that's when I first started realizing, look, there are ways to utilize this strength outside the game. I used to believe <clears throat> that my passion for the game could only be used in the game, that I needed this game to kind of survive. And I realized that the passion for the game, that drive is not limited to the game for me. That's something that, you know, if there's athletes listening, I always want them to know that if you are really driven by your sport, whatever sport it may be, right, that drive is in you. It's not, it's not just the game. You can apply that drive to anything. And I, I always tell people, it's almost like a superpower. Because I tell people, I tell people that work for me, we, we, I'll tell you about our business setup here in a minute because it's a little different than most. Okay. But I tell the people that work for me that it's not that, you know, other people don't work hard. It's you work harder than most people. You have to realize that. And then you have to be okay with that. Mm. Right? So when I realized that and, and I realized it was this superpower, I started to apply it. I said, look, I can write a book. I can write another book. I can create a business. Now, what's funny is with my experience, I didn't expect all of them to work, but I created four businesses, all of which exist today. I'm not bragging. I'm legit shocked about that, right? And then I realized that you know I wanted to surround myself with the best possible team. That's the key word for me is I want a group of people that are my team. So while I'm the quote-unquote owner of these businesses or co-owner depending on the business, we don't have job titles. No one ever refers to me that way. I don't make I make sure of that. I don't want you to call me the owner. Interesting. Now we have roles. We have roles within the business. Okay? And and people understand the roles, but it's a collaborative effort. If someone has an idea, this is just like a sports team. I want to hear your idea. Okay? Understanding that I might have the final say on that idea, but everyone is enabled to bring something to the table every day. And we applied that to everything. Now I applied that to my sports teams, to my businesses, uh, even to to my friendships in a lot of ways, and it's thriving. And you know, that is a blessing, first of all. But like these all spawn from my life in hockey, going back to the original question, you know, and my ability to kind of see these things and to create teams and have people work together and inspire maximum performance from people. You know, that that's always been very exciting to me. And I really found my niche now in everything that I do. But it all stemmed from that drive in hockey and hockey really cultivated that it was a vehicle for that. And now it's it's pushing me forward in, into my life today. I love that, man. Just briefly, what what bit? What are your four businesses? Yeah, uh, so so it's funny. They're very diverse. So two of them okay. are product companies. Okay. One is called Hockey Wraparound, um, and basically all that is is a one piece product you put on the the bottom of your hockey blade, um, and it allows you to play with your stick anywhere outside on any rough surface. So I wish for those I of you who don't know hockey sticks, yeah, yeah look, that's exactly that's exactly <laughs> the thought process I had when we were creating it. But uh, you know, stick 
Sticks cost like $250 today for a top. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And you can't use them anywhere but the ice. So we just we solved that problem. Now you can use your stick all the time. Um, another company is called Ultimate Sports Nation. We have a product called Blade Shades, um, which are, again, simple simple idea, hockey stick sunglasses. So we made the ear stems hockey sticks. We created them. Uh, we made designs out of them. Uh, in fact, we just recently teamed up with the 1980 Olympic hockey team to make wow. a pair. Yeah, it's 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 awesome, right? So it's, it's those are hockey products. I got great teams with those. Um, then the other two businesses are kind of weird. One's called We Live Hockey, We Live Hockey, which is a content engine. Uh, we go and tell hockey stories, right? It's not really a profit business. It's we find different stories to tell about the game. We just traveled with Brian Trottier to uh, Northwest Canada up near Alaska to bring the game to the First Nations people up there. Um, that was unbelievable being both with an NHL Hall of Famer, an icon, but also the story of bringing hockey to these people um, who are going through reparations right now with the country of Canada, which I'm sure you're aware of, yeah. uh, being from Canada. It was an amazing event. And then the next month we were in Eastern Long Island, which is the exact opposite of Northwest Canada, with an organization trying to bring hockey to the Hamptons. Uh, and we were there with Mark Messier and Mike Richter and Joe Micheletti and all these, Ed Westfall, so cool. these heroes of the game. Um, so yeah, we tell those stories. Uh, I love I love that company just because of the richness of the culture that we get to find. Yeah, of course. Um, and then the last one, last one's called, you'll love this name as a hockey fan, it's called Game 7 Group. Gotcha. And then that's, uh, that's kind of my consultancy. So I work with sports teams or business teams or nonprofit teams or even healthcare teams now to bring the team together. Like they bring me in to create the team or to find a team bond because uh, every study in the world is showing now that when there's a team bond, uh, it pushes organizations to find success. And I always say that, you know, anytime a team wins on any field of play, business, sports, it's like a little miracle, right? Because it's really hard to do. Um, so I'm really proud to say that, like I'm a team builder. You know, that's really my, my, if I had to pick a passion of everything that I do, that's it. I love building teams. I love bringing people together. I love letting them see that, you know, as a group with a common mission and a common goal and purpose, you really can accomplish some unbelievable things, the things you never thought you could. And, and that's really what that company focuses on. I love that. So let's stick on the on the team building side because I think that's fascinating. It helps a lot of people here who either have businesses or who are going to be into business. And you know, especially as entrepreneurs, you, you need to be able to create that structure. You need to be able to have that team behind you. Um, first thing I want to talk about is with your business, you said you don't really have any role. So they don't look at you as, you know, the owner. What do you like in, in the, what's your role? I, I want to know what your role is. What, what are they? Yeah, you, you coach or? It's a great question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great question. So the way, the way, so we have roles. We don't have job titles, right? So the way the job titles would work is I, and I tell my employees this all the time that if you want a job title, you can have one, create one and bring it to me. Right. Because at the same time, we're not trying to hold anybody back. Sometimes you need it. You don't want to tell people what you do. Yeah. So I have them create their own job titles and then bring them to me. And, and you know, I OK them like you can't be CEO. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but, but like uh, like one of the guys I have, I want to be a content uh, a content manager. Right. Content development manager. Right. I said, that's fine. That's a great that's a great title for you. So he can tell people he does that. Or if he's looking for another job, he can use that because we're not trying to hold anybody back here. Um, however, people tend to stay with us when they're here. Yeah. Um, so the way it works is this, like I said, it's understood what our roles and responsibilities are. So for example, it's understood that like, I have to have the final say on a lot of creative stuff. I have to have the final say on the direction that we're going in, but it's legit just the final say. It's not, I make the decision without you. The decision is made as a group. We get to the end point as a group. And it's very, very rare that I say, I have the final say, like that doesn't come up. 
you know, I mean, it comes back to this team aspect. I want everyone to contribute. I want everyone to feel a part of what we're doing. I want everyone to know our mission by heart and believe in it. I don't want you just to follow it. I want you believing in it. That's what I want on my team. Um, and we, we get there. And, and the, the, here's the thing. The key word really comes down to being loyalty. I have been blown away by the results of this uh, with the loyalty. I'll give you a quick example without saying a name. I had someone who was offered a uh, $65,000, $70,000 job. And that is a lot more than what I am paying them. Okay. Um, and they turned it down to stay with us. And I, 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 even I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? And, and they said, I'm not, it's not just about the money for me. I'm, I'm, I believe in what we're doing and I want to be with this cause. I was blown away by that. Wow. Now, that echoes everything I just said. But I, still, like, it's, it's shocking to me that someone would believe in what we're doing that much. Keeping in mind, like I said, what we're doing with hockey and storytelling, it's not, it's not um, like, you know, we're not, we're not <laughs> saving the world just yet, right? Yeah. But they believed in what we were doing so much that they wanted to stay here. So that's, it's, it's a family, it's a team, and, and we really approach it that way. It doesn't mean we don't have, you know, discipline from time to time. You know, if someone gets out of line, I say something, but we do it in a way that's going to really inspire, you know, performance. Uh, a quick example would be this. Like if someone was late, right? Okay. I could do the typical thing and say like, why are you late? You need to be here on time. Do you understand what we're doing? You know, we've all heard that before at one point. I've heard that before from bosses, right? So instead of approaching it that way, first thing I said would be, you know, hey, listen, explain to me why you're not being here on time. Or what can we do to help you be here on time? Because, you know, it's not, it's not right, right? I try and understand, like, did something happen to you, first of all, that's making you late? Not that it's acceptable, but let, let me at least get in your head and understand why it is that you're late. Maybe you had a fight with your spouse. Who yeah. knows? Right? If there's not a good reason, then I'll say this. Do you need me to manage you with this? All right? And, and it's very clear when I say that, that I'm, I'm, I'm you know, telling this person, if I have to manage you with this, it's, it's not good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it, it, I, I'm, you see how I'm building accountability here? Of course. Right? It's, it's, a, it's a big word for me is accountability. And, I, and most of the time they say, no, I look, I'm sorry. My alarm didn't go off. It's, it's not right. I will fix it. And my attitude with that is I am okay with any, but you are, you are allowed to make mistakes here. You are allowed to make mistakes. You're not allowed to make the same mistake three, four, five, six times. Mm -hmm. All right. That, that I can't handle. You're late. Your alarm didn't go off. Look, that's happened to me too. You know, I remember being your age. It's tough. A lot tougher with kids, side note. But I remember it. So I'm going to allow this to happen today because you do good work. And this, this person works really hard. They made a mistake. Uh, had, you know, they're not late anymore. You know what I mean? So I build the accountability. I build the understanding that, like, we're in this together. I need you here. And if you can't conform to that, then we have to go to another level and make another decision. I've never had to get to that point with anybody. Yeah. You know, I've never had to find anybody because of that. I love that because it, it, it makes everyone feel a part of the team. And I think that's with, you know, businesses you see a lot and whether it's sports teams and the reason why they don't succeed at the level that they could or the reason why they don't have that unity is because they don't know their role. And yeah. the boss is kind of using their power as a way to get out whatever emotional problems they're having and they place it on the people who they can. Yeah. Well, people get stuck in their own little world, mm -hmm. right? And like, look, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm, I'm a very optimistic, positive person, if you can't tell. <laughs> All right. But, but, uh, but I'm, I'm also realistic. Like, I know people are in pain. All right. I know people are having a tough time out there right now. <clears throat> I, I, I see it every day, right? I see the struggle. Um, and like I said, I'm very blessed and I know that, but th that doesn't mean that I have to be ignorant of that struggle or ignore that struggle. I want to help people get through that struggle. All right. And the way to do that is to motivate them and to inspire them to give the best that they can. Cause, cause here's the truth, man. 
And this is something I've found in every team environment I've worked in, okay? Everyone wants to be part of something. Even introverts want to be part of something. They just might not want to be there in person. Yeah. Okay? But we're all yearning to be together, all right? It, it, it really is a common thread that I've found, all right? Now, in sports, it's very conducive to making that happen, obviously, for obvious reasons. But even in sports, you see there's problems. I had a Division One NCAA team bring me in that has won several championships in a row because they knew that their team was just a little bit off in terms of a bond. All right, that's, that's the highest level of college sports, and they knew that they needed a little bit more. I, first off, I was very humbled to be asked that, yeah. but that shows you at th that team level how important this, this is, this togetherness, right? And people are not inspiring that enough. All right, now the other problem is a lot of people don't know how to do it, and that's okay. All right, so like the, 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 the imaginary person you just said, you know, that's in their own world and they have their own problems, mm -hmm. I get it, right? That's kind of why I exist. Because it's it, maybe it's not for you to build the team. That's what I excel at. And I knew that at a young age, believe it or not. It was kind of um, weird, but I was always good at this. It wasn't until I was older that I realized that that's kind of my niche in, in team building in sports, is that I build the team bond. I might not be the best uh, statistician or tactician uh, you know, <clears throat> or power play specialist in hockey, but I know how to build the team. And it, it's funny because – and I'll give you an equation here if that's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, one that I use all the time and it's true. When you look at any team environment, you need three things to win. And by win, it, you can define that word however you want. Win could be hitting a sales goal, winning the championship, uh, whatever, right? Yeah. You need three things. You need tactics. You need to have good tactics with whatever you're doing. You have to have a plan, right? Most organizations have some semblance of that. Yeah. The next thing is you have to have talent. You have to have the right people there with a comparable skill set that are going to allow you to perform and to hit that tactical goal, right? And and great talent can overcome bad tactics. So everyone knows those two two things. Talent and tactics have to be there, right? The third thing that is is equal, if not more important, than those two things, and it is often ignored, is the team bond, is the ability to stay together, and to accomplish that goal together. Now, what I find, and this is true in sports. In sports, not not just businesses are, are even worse at this. Sports teams don't spend about 33% of the time building teams. Coaches ask me, well, how much time do we have to spend on this team building stuff? Is it about 30%? Well, well that's a lot of time. Well, I just told you it's one-third of the equation. Do you disagree with that? No. Then you need to spend a third of your time building the team, and you have to find a way to do this. And I'll t I always tell them, no one's ever lost when they do that. <laughs> no one's ever played on a championship team or, or done well with a group and then said, man, I really hate this group, but we did it. Yeah. Right. No, no one's ever done that. <laughs> so I tell people, yeah, you got to spend about 30% of your time building a team, getting people together, buying into that common goal. All right. I'd say with my organizations, it might, it might be like more like 45% of the time is spent on team building and just finding ways to be together. And the results have really shown themselves. Right. So no matter what the organization is, I say that team building is, is paramount. You can't ignore it. Right. And there's there's other examples out there that show that, that that's correct. 100 percent. So with the team building, creating that team bond, what, what would you do with with people who maybe aren't getting along or maybe don't get along? Because, you know, you look and, and you see some examples of or you hear it when, you know, Kobe and uh, Shaq <laughs> played together, but they weren't getting along at the time. So how do you like maybe people are butting heads, but you still have that bond as teammates, maybe not just as people. 
Sure. Well, I, I think the first thing you have to do is break down some of the basic understandings of how teams work, right? Like people forget you don't have to like someone to work with someone or to mm -hmm. respect someone, right? Like I've had coaches that I couldn't stand. I've had players that I couldn't stand, but I respected them because they worked hard. We're just different people, yeah. right? So I think the first thing is just getting to a level where people realize that's okay. I might never like you <laughs> as yeah. a human being, but I respect you because you work hard and you're doing what's best for the team, right? So that's the first level. It's just like, let's break down the boundaries. Can we both agree that we're after the same thing, right? Uh, and I, again, I want to say that again because I think people miss that. There's a difference between when someone's being malicious and trying to sabotage something and when two people have different personalities, but they actually are trying to accomplish the same goal. So that's the first thing to establish. Are we really trying to get to the same thing, even though we don't agree on how to get there? It's a microcosm of politics, right? Yeah. So that's the first level. Then I then I listen. And this is the next point that people miss, right? I, it's not me to come in and tell you how you're supposed to act. Like that, that's that's counterproductive completely. I want to listen. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you think. And typically, if I can, I don't know if Kobe and Shaq could handle this, but I'll get the two <laughs> people in a room. And I'll, I'll have them say what they think in front of each other. I, I, and I tell them, look, this is going to be uncomfortable. But this is the conversation you're not having. And then I try and find common ground. And, and I, I got to say this. You might not find an agreement, agreeing, agreement or agreeing point that's okay. I just want common ground. Do you understand why this person's coming from this point of view? And do you understand why this other person's coming from this point of view? You don't have to agree. Typically, I try and get them to a yes. Even if it's like, I don't agree with it, but I get it. Yeah. Right? It's a lot easier to move forward together from that point than it is if you're just fighting and talking behind each other's back. And remember, commiserating is infectious. Uh, it's it's horrible. If you're talking behind your teammates' back, again, sports, business, doesn't matter, it's, it's infectious. Then other people start talking. It becomes a virus, and it can eat a team alive. All right? The, the thing with team bonds, man, is that they're very delicate. It, it's actually very easy to build a team bond. Very easy. Maintaining it is the hard part. Mm-hmm. Right. I always tell people I can build a bond in an hour. Right. Just doing team building ex exercises, get everybody feeling good. If you don't maintain it and nurture it, it's going to break down. It's like glass. You just tap it and it shatters. Right. So, again, when it comes to those two people, it's let's find common ground. Let's find a common purpose. What are we fighting for? Is it OK? Do, is there anything in what you're disagreeing with that you really can't move forward together right now with this understanding? And I get them to that point. And sometimes this takes a day. Sometimes it takes months. And sometimes you have to revisit it over and over again. But as long as I can get them to understand, look, these you, both of you are trying to get maximum results your own way. Can we agree on that? Right? Yeah. And then obviously get into egos and things like that too. But you know, it becomes a little psychological at points. But just those basic starting points. A lot of people don't attack it that way. You know, let's let's find out what we are doing together. And then let me listen to you. Let me hear what you have to say. Now here's my thoughts. You know, not not it's usually backwards the way that's done. So true. It's like anything else, like whether it's you're communicating with teammates or whether you're dealing with your own shit, like you have to, you have to deal with the issue because if Absolutely. they're not dealt with, like I always said, like things, things will be okay for a week. Things may be even okay for months or a year, yeah. but there will be that trigger, which will continuously bring up that problem. And you're just going to be in this deadly cycle of going through the same thing over and over and over again. And uncomfortable conversations are is what is needed. Like I, I think people shy away from dealing with issues, shy away from having uncomfortable conversations or dealing with your own shit. But like that's what's needed to move forward. 
Absolutely. You know, look, there's a great quote that you have to risk being offensive to move forward. Yeah. Right. And you have to risk being uncomfortable to move forward. And I think that like we're just living in a time where a people are easily offended, which doesn't help. But B is that people are just afraid to speak. And you can't be you, you have to do this. And there is a way to do it. There's like a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. The wrong way is yelling at someone. Yeah. Right. But what you just said, I mean, you can apply that to like marriage. Right. Yeah. It's like it's almost always a communication error. You know, and, and I was, you know, you know, that that quote about walking a mile in someone else's shoes. Yeah. You know, when I'm really mad at someone or I get frustrated, it does happen. Right. Being being an optimist and everything, but it does happen. You know, I, I, I can't I have my ways of calming myself down. I have mechanisms to do that. And then I, I really say, let me put myself in this person's shoes and really think about it. All right. And it's funny because what ends up happening is the, the anger goes away pretty quickly. And you realize, like, look, this person might be having a horrible day. Right. I use I have to use my own techniques. Like, you know, are, are they still motivated towards the goal? Like I said, that person I told you earlier that was late. Like, I know they're motivated towards what we're trying to accomplish. They were late. So let me let me let me dive into this and really make them accountable towards their actions. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, I'd say nine out of ten problems in any team environment are based on just poor communication or no communication. And again, it's like this is why you need people there to kind of inspire that. Uh, and to get it out of the way, because if you sit on it, it will fester. And I've seen this so many times, and I've advised so many coaches and so many business owners, if you don't attack this now, it's going to come back and bite you, right? Totally. It's a real delicate process. So how do you create that that bond or culture from day one, right? Like say you're in business or you're in sports teams, like number one, you got the plan. You're like, okay, we got yeah. our tactics set. We're good. We got the talent. But now we need to start to create that bond. What are some things you can do from day one to start building and creating that culture and bond? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you right now, when I, when I started kind of studying this, uh, I had that same question. <laughs> and yeah. the, and the, the place I looked, I said, okay, who's the best team on the planet, right? Like I said, let me go right to the top. Who's the best team on the planet? And I decided, I didn't decide. I mean, this is obvious. The, 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 the military, the U.S. military gotcha. armed forces is probably the best team on the planet, right? They have a job. They do it. They understand it. <clears throat> Uh, sacrifice to them is a totally different level of meaning than it is in a sports team, 100%. right? So I looked at what they did, and and again, when you think about it, and it's funny because I'll kind of pose this as a question: when you look at the the Marines, right? The Marines work about a month a year, if you if you know what I mean by work, right? There's maybe about thirty days a year they're working, right? Yeah. What do they do the other eleven months? What do you think they do? Train. They train, and what is training in the military? Uh, I don't. Like in terms of like what they train? Yeah, like, like I mean, obviously they're using the weapons and doing stuff, yeah. but what does the training entail? Because they're a unit, right? Yeah, yeah so it's, all, they're it's all to together. do together, yeah. Right, so like they're spending most of their time just working as a team together, mm. right? And that had a profound impact on me. So I dove into the military. I started calling people in the military and finding people and like, what do you do? And the thing is I found out that they have this kind of structure in place that was really amazing to me. Uh, and again, sorry to put you on the spot there. I wasn't trying to. No, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and they have this structure in place of how to build it. And the first thing at the very top, it's a common purpose, right? What is our mission? And keep it simple. Like I've seen missions that are statements that are three pages long. No, your mission needs to be really succinct and easy. For example, hockey wraparound, my company, our mission is to put a hockey wraparound on every hockey stick in the world. Boom. There yeah. it is, right? When you come to work for me, that's the mission. Anybody have any questions about the mission? No, right? It's easy, right? Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing I established. Now, in, in my opinion, that's the business leader's job is to establish that. It's it's my vision. It's my mission. That's what it is, Got right? You. Then I go through what are the objectives that we need to accomplish this mission? 
And then what are the tactics we can use to, to accomplish those objectives? And this is a conversation, okay? I can fill out my own chart on this, but this is where I tap into my employees. This is your role. What are your thoughts on how we can use objectives to accomplish the mission? Uh, number two, tell me. Now, obviously, we don't not, we use their names, not numbers. But, you know, we go around the room because here's the thing. I, I mean, I hate the, the acronyms, but together everyone achieves more. It's very true. Okay? Yeah. So that's one of my things. I want to get input from everybody. And I listen. This is a key. I listen to them before I give my input. Right? I, the one thing I can't stand is when you walk into a meeting. I'm not a big fan of meetings to begin with. But when you walk <laughs> into a meeting – and the, the boss goes, listen, I want to hear what everybody has to say, but here's my thoughts first. Like, what, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, you think they're going to give you the real thoughts at that point? Like, they're just going to try to appease what you want. So I enable them. I want to know what you think. That, right away, I'm building ownership over what we're trying to build. Okay? And this chart is used on a multi-year level, an annual level, a monthly level, and even sometimes a weekly and day level, sometimes an hourly level. Like, what, how are we going to accomplish this in the next hour if we really get down to it? But I use that formatting on everything. It gives everybody a role. Everyone has accountability within the mission and the vision, and we try and accomplish it together. That structure is not something that really exists really anywhere that I see yeah. uh, outside the military. And I've, I've actually been going around and applying this. It's a big part of my application process to the teams. And again, I'm telling people this because I don't mind. It's something, again, you can establish in a few hours, but you have to maintain it, right? And then you also have to set, you know, how do we know when we've accomplished the goal? This is a continual process throughout the year over and over and over again. You have to be very dedicated to it. Yeah. Um, but I have yet to see a team not succeed, really, again, however you define that word when they're using this. There's always progress made. But what I'm finding is in every team environment, I got to say it again, sports, business, nonprofit, healthcare, whatever it is, um, these structures do not exist. You probably have a loose vision and goal, and you're probably passionate about it, to be fair. But your teammates or your team members typically aren't bought in all the way. Not all of them, right? They, they're very confused on what their roles are. Most businesses don't even have great roles. You have a job title, and that's kind of it, right? Your role might change from day to day. I always say on a hockey team, I've coached a lot of hockey. Everyone has a role. Yeah. The fourth liner that gets four shifts a game, he's very clear on his role or she, right? And they might not like their role <laughs> or they might want a different role, but <laughs> they know their role, right? Yeah. And I tell them, like, if you're a fourth liner, my, I always say one of the most important people on a hockey team is that person that works really hard but just isn't talented enough to be the first liner in whatever sport you want to put it there because their work level really sets the bar for the whole team. 100%. Right? And I, I'll go to that person. I'll say, look, you're probably not going to play a lot this year. I know that's painful, but I'm going to count on you to keep this entire team's bar set to the top possible level it can. Can you handle that role? Can you can you buy that role? Because I will reward you for that role. Well, I, I, I mean, we've just enabled that person, right? Of course. Um, and I, I've gotten some unbelievable performances out of players like that that really set the tone for the team. And they are just as important as the first line center or winger or the coach. Again, you understand the roles. You understand the coach has his decision-making. Assistant coaches have theirs. Captains have theirs. Players have theirs. It's respected. It's not everyone's equal. That's not, that's not what I'm trying to say, right? But everyone has a voice. That is what I'm trying to say. And you have to understand each other's roles and into them and know that, you know, you know, you asked this before. I'm talking a lot. I'm sorry. But <laughs> you asked oh, this before. That's great. When someone comes at me at my company and I feel like they're stepping on my feet a little bit, which happens, right? And that, that's, a, that's a, a byproduct of the, the environment that I've created is that sometimes people overstep their boundaries. <clears throat> Instead of saying to them, hey, listen, that's my job. 
you know, don't tell me how to do my job. Stay in your lane. What I say is, listen, that's part of my role. Hey, can you let me do my job? And I say it really nicely. Like, hey, let me do my job. That's my job. Okay, mm. you focus on what you're supposed to focus on. Let me do my job. Help me do my job. It's a totally different response. I've never had anybody who said, well, you're not good at your job. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's typically a positive response. of like, you know what? You're right. That is your job. It's not my responsibility. All right. In, in, in the, the easiest metaphor for this is in sports. I always tell when I'm coaching football, I, I work with football teams. If you're the defensive coordinator, do not tell the offensive coordinator how to do his job, especially during the game. If you have a suggestion, there's a time and a place. It's not your job. I don't care what the score is. I don't care what you're doing. Focus on the defense because anytime you're taking away from the defense for the offense, you are letting down the defense. Mm. And I need the defense to do their job. So the offense can there do their job with the common purpose, top of the pyramid, of winning the game together, right? It's a, just an easy way of looking at it. Now, you break this down to companies, there's 50, 60 different jobs and roles and silos, and we're trying to destroy those silos. But again, long answer to a short question. Got you. So for someone, when, when you're looking to buy in, how long do you give someone for them to buy? Because some people take, like some people buy in day one. Some people yeah. are taking a little bit longer, but how much time before things start to get toxic and, and that starts to affect everyone else around them? Well, I'll, I'll put it this way. If it's becoming toxic, it's it's done. Gotcha. I, I do not, I don't wait. Okay. If I feel like that, that that's the word, if it's becoming toxic or it's infiltrating the team in a negative way, uh, it's already too late. Like we usually don't let people get to that point. Um, the way I do it is this, is I really try and break it down to have I, as the, as the quote unquote manager or the team builder, have I done everything I possibly can to incorporate or reincorporate this person back into the team? That's a question that's not done. The easy thing to do is to fire people or to commiserate yeah. or to, to beat people up. That's always the easy option. And that's not my first option. Okay. That's, that's the option that that's a weak option to me. If someone has talent and value, you might not know what's going on in their life, okay? They might be going through a down spiral, okay? People get depressed. Things happen. You just don't know. So I try and incorporate them in the team. I will try that for a week or two usually, okay? If I feel like a person's not willing to do that, then it becomes a conversation. Again, I, I usually don't get to the point of vulgarity. I just sit down like, listen, what's going on? Do you want to be here, right? I don't, and I, It's an honest question, man. I'm yeah. not like being sarcastic. Do you want to be here? Because if not, maybe this isn't the right fit, fit for you, all right? Now, again, I have been in positions where I've had to fire people, and usually it's pretty black and white. You've broken a major rule, yeah, right? Or you've done something unacceptable. Like, like those are there are always fireable offenses, right? But when performance goes down, my goal is to get performance back up. And if I feel like it keeps dropping, you know, it's not like there's a time period. It's if I don't feel like I can reincorporate this person back into the team, I remove them from the team because the team is more important than than just one person. That goes both ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if I feel like someone's going to affect the team or be negative towards the team, I have to remove them from the team with with no hard feelings, right? You're just you're just going to be removed from the team. That's the way it is. You know what? I love that because I think a lot of people and coaches and whether, again, in sports, or business, it doesn't matter what you're in. They'll use people as sort of scapegoats. Oh, this isn't working, so you know we're going to fire him, right? Or yeah. we're going to get rid of this I, person. I hate that. I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it, I, I just can't stand that. Yeah. And it happens at like, it happens, it happens at the highest levels, not just at, you know, Ricky, like it happens at the highest levels. This is what I'll tell you. And I can't remember who said this quote. I think it was, um, there's definitely a military general whose name escapes me right now, 
But this is what they said. The higher you move in the ranks, it's not more people serve you. It's you serve more people. That's the way I look at it, right? The people that work for me, I serve them, not the other way around, right? I am in charge. I am the one at the top of the mountain. Yeah. I am accountable for the actions of the team. I need to serve my group, right? Now, again, if someone in the group is getting out of line, it's a little bit of a different situation, right? I don't blame anybody. I usually, like I said, I follow my own advice. What could I have done better to be a better manager or inspiration for this person? What did I do wrong? That's my first thought, Yeah. right? is what can I do better, all right? And you know what, here's the funny thing for all of you listening, there's usually something I could have done better. You know, there usually is. I'm very, very accountable with stuff like this. I'll give you a really quick example. I had a group, I got really busy with one of my one of my, uh, my, my companies and I was not spending enough time with one of the other ones and things started to deteriorate. So, you know, we had some infighting, right? You can imagine, there was yeah. some, some hostility, there was a lot of animosity and tension. So I got on the phone, I, I, I listened to everybody's things, and there, there was a very clear situation that had happened that I missed that was causing a lot of the, the animosity. And people started pointing fingers. And I said, guys, stop. This is my fault. I was not paying attention. I was not team building. It's my fault. And I got silent for a minute. It was kind of funny, actually. Like, I said, you know, they said, well, it's not your fault. They started, they started defending me. I said, it's my fault. It's okay. Like, it's my job to do this. I'm gonna, we're going to have weekly meetings. Here's the plan. And you know what, man? Everything's good now. You know, we had, we had a team bonding kind of exercise. We got everybody back. Everybody's good now. Yeah. But it was my fault at the end of the day, right? Now, some people did some dumb things, all right? But it's my fault. I was not watching it, all right? And that's why that happened. It's not on them. I could have fired someone and said, oh, the problem solved. I'm a savior. <laughs> no, no, man. I serve them, not the other way around. I think that's the key. Yeah, and it's, t it's taking ownership, and it's very difficult for people to do, and that's where we need more people like you to start talking. Like it starts with conversation. It starts with awareness for people to be like, be like, wow, instead of blaming people, what can I do better? What role did I play in this? How can I be Absolutely. better? A hundred percent. And like I said, I'll go as far as to say, it's okay that people have a hard time doing this because like, it's not easy to do, right? Like I have two life philosophies that govern every decision I make, which I'll get into in a quick second. But the idea is this, it's okay if you don't know how to do that. That's why I exist. <laughs> That's yeah. why people like you exist. That's why this podcast exists. You know, find someone out there that kind of is good at that. Fill that gap. You know, a sports team, man, it's all about filling gaps. Like, you know, a great offenseman is not going to be a great defenseman. That's okay. You have to find the good defenseman. You have to find the good special teams coach to fill your gap. I told you before, I'm not, a, I'm not the best tactician out there, right? When I coach a team, if I was a head coach, I'd find the best tactician. Typically, people think the tactician is the head coach. There is no law about that. The yeah. coaching staff is what makes it. You know what I mean? So filling <coughs> excuse me, filling gaps is very important. Yeah, super important. Well, uh, this is awesome, Lee. If people wanted to uh, to connect with you, want to learn more about what you do, where's the best place everyone can go? Uh, yeah, listen, you can always find me. My website's game7group.com, fully spelled out. Um, but I'm on Facebook. You know, I'm a, me a messenger. You know, just look me up. If you ever want to have a conversation, I'm happy to do that. Um, and like I said, it all starts with a conversation. Even if you're just looking for a little bit of advice, uh, you can find me in really anywhere social media is, but game7group.com is my website. Awesome, man. And, uh, I know it's kind of putting you on the spot a little bit. Don't say yes to it, but would you be willing to do a, a 15 minute call with a, with a listener? Oh, always. Of course. Awesome. Um, so what we do here is just with my inner circle group for someone listening who wants to connect with you, uh, we get in a little draw. 
they win it and then I'll connect with you and let you know who the winner is and we'll set up a time. Absolutely, man. That's what it's all about. I'm happy to talk to anyone. Amazing. Um, Everyone, be sure to connect with Lee. Visit his website. I'll share all these links in my show notes page of the podcast here to make it super simple. You also on Instagram, Lee? I am, yeah. At Lee MJ Elias. Uh, It's Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all those channels. If you get really ambitious, just search Lee Elias Hockey. I'll pop up somewhere. Awesome, man. Well, uh, I appreciate (laughs) your time very much taking time here educating us this is such an important topic on team building for for everyone listening because there is going to be a point in your life and you've definitely gone through it where you're either a part of a team or you're leading a team and these tactics that lee teaches here is going to absolutely help you so thank you so much for coming on the show here and sharing your wisdom lee yeah well thanks for having me and thanks for creating this wonderful show man i mean that really props to you for the 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 platform because this is exactly how we're going to be successful together You got it. And everyone, if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure you subscribe to the podcast. Drop us a comment. Let us know what you liked. Start a conversation. Also, share this out with a friend. We'll be back tomorrow with another amazing episode. Until then, Colin Morgan signing off. And always remember to keep on grinding. Lower the lights down.